Welcome to the Writer's Block. This space is for aspiring writers, indie and published authors who desire tips, tricks and tools to foster confidence in your ability to write. This space is also for voice actors, editors and literary agents. All those people whom are writing adjacent. Let this space be a haven, a resource, and a reminder you can write all you see and see all you write. Grab your pens. We're about to circle the block. This particular episode is going to be dealing with the comments made by the author James Patterson in the earlier part of July when he said that white men in publishing face racism also. Yeah, he said that. He said that. I always find it interesting when famous um, white writers say the most abhorrent things as it relates to publishing. This month, the month of July 2022, uh, James Patterson said that white writers uh, encounter racism in in publishing also. And when I first heard that, I wanted to throw my phone because I could not believe that this man who literally leases his name out for other people to use does not, well, thinks that he as a white, he as a white man still encounters racism in publishing. My, one of my, one of my mentors while I was finishing my undergrad was, and you've all heard me mention her before, is Dr. Drusilla Wall. At last count, she is still at uh, the University of Missouri, uh, St. Louis, doing the most excellent work. Uh, She's also the one who said that you never let anyone call you just an English major. And I've taken that to heart. She also said that Um, she also said that our goal as writers, as English, as English majors is to bring people into the room who may not often, who may not often be there or, or whom need, or whom need to be there. Uh, and as I refer back to my notes, because, you know, I, I try my best to be accurate on this side of the internet as well. Uh, his, James Patterson's quote is actually from, uh, June of 2022. The one thing that um, I find interesting is, again, reading from uh, USA Today, again, the date is June 20th, 2022, for this particular quote. Uh, He says, and again, quoting from USA Today, in an interview about his new memoir, James Patterson by James Patterson, The Stories of My Life, with the Sunday Times that that published this month, Patterson, 75, lamented the perceived plight of black of white men in the entertainment industry, calling their struggle to find writing jobs in film, theater, TV, and publishing industries, quote unquote, 
just another form of racism. What's all that about? He continued. Can you get a job? Yes. Is it harder? Yes. It's even harder for older writers. You won't you don't meet many 50, 52 year old white males. Let's just sit with the insanity that he just said, as disquieting as it is. This goes, this, his entire, <laughs> I will say this, and I've actually, and I've actually never read a James Patterson book. I, I must go on record and say that I've never purchased a, a James Patterson book, <clears throat> but I do up until this particular moment in time, I did like some of his quotes about writing. The one thing that I must say is the master narrative, again, that Dr. Wall introduced, uh, introduced to our class as we finished um, undergrad is that the master narrative is the collection of uh, literature in a particular society. And it basically details all the cool things, all the amazing things that that society, is, that society does. And this literature is normally representative of a dominant culture. So for here, um, in the United States of America, we still have cishet white men doing everything, right? So for, and their work being prized above everything else, people still prize Hemingway. People still, people still prize Hemingway over F. Scott Fitzgerald. When I personally have a greater affinity to F. F. Scott Fitzgerald because he was incredible. He was much less problematic than, than Ernest. But the one thing I am going to say as it, as it relates to this is it goes back to who is telling the story, the controlling of narrative and who, ha and who has the right to say what really happened. And one of my jobs as a writer and, and a guardian of this particular space is to confront this insanity when I see it. The fact remains that Mr. Patterson clearly forgets, much like Martin Scorsese forgets, that this uh, this nation is this nation of immigrants, you can't tell people, or you should not be allowed to tell people what their life experience is or how to write that down. You do not have the authority within you to tell people their experience is not valid, which is what which goes all which also goes into the idea of writing cross culturally and also having diversity readers for your work if you decide to write cross culturally. But the one thing that disturbed me about this particular quote is that it's common. We see this, we see this now in uh, other realms and other, you know, other fandoms and other uh, pockets of fiction and nonfiction circles where white men really believe this lie that they are being discriminated against when they are the architects of the narrative of this nation. It has been everyone else who has been pushed out of these particular rooms and realms and these opportunities. For him to say that as a 75 year old white man is not shocking. It's pervasive. And again, the glaring thing that, mu that, must, be that must be talked about is, especially as we uh, continue this, this imaginary war over you know, CRT and accurate history telling, History is only narrative. And we know we have primary sources and secondary sources. Go to Google for that. Because for my education, what I remember, a primary source is someone who is actually there who can tell what happened. 
a secondary source is that primary source writing something down or that being transcribed and then given to you. It's secondhand information that can be proven through the lens of a, through the lens of a primary source. So for Mr. Patterson to, to, to continue this woe is me, I'm white and male and no one likes me narrative is, is completely infuriating and it's taxing. White men are not the only people in the world who have had quote unquote exciting things happen to them. And now as of, as of this particular um, show publishing, we see that there's an Elvis biopic. Now, personally, am I going to go see that? Probably not. Uh, Elvis is problematic on a, on a whole lot, on a whole lot of levels, but at the same time, we understand that most of his, most of his success came at the expense and erasure of black people. Yet, but that is what this nation loves to do, to erase everyone else who is not cis, het, white, and male, relegating their experiences to either non-existent or to be spoken about in back rooms or, or to be found in the diaries in uh, dead people's houses. The one thing that I've noted that I um, had to remember is that Hound Dog, which is one of um, Elvis's uh, greatest hits, quotation marks, was actually recorded by uh, Willie Mae Thornton, who is also known as Big Mama Thornton. So he actually made a cover of a song made by a black woman and made all kind of all kind of money off of it. And in, because I am such a music fan, I did uh, look at. Uh, the soundtrack for the Elvis contract, oh, not contract, soundtrack. And in that soundtrack, I saw, well, I, I actually heard this snippet of uh, the song Vegas that's actually on the Elvis soundtrack because uh, I think Doja Cat's on it. And they actually have um, Big Mama Thornton um, just repeat the riff, you know, you ain't nothing but, and that, and that, guttural, and that guttural growl that made that made her amazing and that if you listen close to Beyonce when she sings she had she also has that growl which is amazing but the problematic nature of Patterson's claim is that it still falls into this white victim mentality when that could be nothing could be further nothing about his statement is true the mediocrity that most white men um can just maneuver through life with everybody else who is not cis het, cis het and white and male has to fight has to fight for that attention has to fight to be seen has to, has to go through god knows how many how many levels of rejection in order to have their work be seen we're still even pub there are still publishers and editors now in the tradition in traditional marketplaces who don't recognize aave in certain in certain aspects and dialogue with um, with black authors, it's seen it's seen as an error, an aberration. When this is an actual dialect, we have to continue to prove our humanity through literature. Meanwhile, he can get out here and say this. Now, I will say I will say this, um, and you all have heard me say this before about the magnanimous. Uh, Walter Mosley, who I, who I believe is the, un he's the uncle in my head. He's, he, he's the, he's the uncle in my head. And he said that, and, and again, he says this in his master class also, which I'm almost done with. I'm actually taking sips of that because I'm, because I wind up 
just listening to him talk instead of just implementing what he says. So, so it's taken me a little longer to get through his masterclass. But he says that in order for you to in order for you to exist in the culture, you're, you have to exist in the fiction. If you don't exist, your people don't exist. So when you as a minority writer, you as a black writer, when you have these people in your head and you want to get them on paper, do not be dissuaded by the James Patterson's of the world. He has made all his money, wrote all his books, allegedly. And now he's at an age where he believes he can just he can just be Socrates and disperse this writing wisdom as if the, as if there is no one to challenge him. See, see the do you all see the pervasive privilege in that? Where you have made all your money, wrote all these books. Now you can lease out your name to other people. And you have this. You have and this being the un, the unwatered down audacity to say to say that white men have it tough in publishing. He doesn't know. He doesn't know what that really means. He doesn't know what that looks like. You know what? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Because on this corner of the Internet, I do not excuse older, older white people who say racist stuff. I don't I don't excuse that from their age. He meant everything that he said. He meant everything that he said. Now, again, for those um, for those new to this particular space, my job on this particular portion of the Internet is to advocate for black writers to uh, showcase them to support anyone who's writing adjacent. That means uh, people who people whom are uh, editors, no matter no matter the type of editor, uh, actors, voice actors and the and the like. The one thing that I'm not going to do and do and do not. In the in the immortal words of my grandmother that I do not cotton to. Is people making verifiably stupid statements as it relates to race and privilege and then just believing no one should challenge them on that. The fact, the fact of the matter is the, the master narrative of this nation is that to be cishet white male is to have done everything right is to have every opportunity is to have every opportunity to have nothing close to you and your job to keep that pristine as a cishet white man is to keep everyone else relegated or erased to some to something else out of your sight that their work their words their their work their storytelling their cultures are not valuable we are fighting for the narrative of this nation and we are moving white men out of the way to do that people such as myself are self-publishing people are starting blogs we are we people are getting um Media companies together, you know, now um, technology has caught up with people's imaginations and you can shoot movies on a phone. And YouTube is, st- is still a thing. I mean, Issa, Issa Rae got discovered because um, remember, Awkward, Awkward Black Girl was a web series. People are people are putting their life's blood into their work, believing that the right person will see it. So no, James Patterson, white men don't have a quote unquote rougher in, in publishing or face another kind of racism. What, what you perceive as racism, which is privilege plus power, is the fact that white men's stories are not the dominant ones that people want to see, read or hear about anymore. So 
now that the playing field is is becoming more even or at least less slanted, a lot of white male writers don't know what to do with that. Because there are more people in these director chairs and producer chairs and at the heads and at the heads of film studios who don't want this anymore. Where you're going to have to come up with something else. You're going to have to do something else. You're going to have to write about something else. And a lot of them don't want to relinquish that power because na- because narrative is power. Literature is power. Being able to being able to depict whomever and whatever genre and having that in a having that in a medium by by which people can access and ingest. That's power. But black writers are not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. If anything, if anything. There are more of us coming. And more of us opening the door for them. But to bring this all home and tie a pretty bow on it, like I like to do sometimes, we can have the discuss, we can have the discourse about narrative all day long. And I actually like having those spirited discussions. Even now, as Mr. Patterson enjoys the remainder of his life and whatever he desires to do with it. And Elvis, this biopic has success at the box office, even as Rolling Stone, you know, has now come out to say that, you know, Elvis didn't necessarily, didn't necessarily steal a hound dog from um, Big Mama Thornton, uh, even though she recorded it in 1952, four years before uh, Elvis did clearly in 1956, but the one thing that needs to be said is this country is expansive enough and big enough and wide enough that there can be more stories to be told. I mean, John Steinbeck was in was in migrant was in migrant uh, farmland paying people for stories. So so there so there are there's space enough for everybody to tell stories. There's space enough for everybody to tell stories and it's okay to share, it's okay to share space with other people. It's okay to, it's okay to share story with other people. What's not okay is that you disrespect the storyteller just from who they are and the story they want to tell. That will never be okay. Just like the English alphabet has 26 letters, this nation has over 300 million people and each one of them have a story and they have the right to have that story be heard. The time has come to leave you to your thoughts and words. The hope is that what was shared in this space was encouraging, empowering, and a catalyst to write. Special thanks to Valor Music LLC for all audio production and mixing. All business inquiries and advertising inquiries can be sent to circlethewritersblock at gmail.com. If you feel so inclined to support the work of this podcast to continue to fight erasure of black and minority writers, consider supporting through Cash App at dollar sign J-B-H-W-R-I-T-E-S, that's J-B-H Writes, or PayPal at S-G-L-L-C dot one zero three eight at yahoo.com. 
We will see you next time when we circle the block.